Adrian Gore, the Chief Executive of Discovery Limited, thank you for joining us today on what's next in what's next in business and uh, what's next in banking and finance. Adrian Gore, it's so good to see you. I love the bookshelf in the background. I imagine that has been your office uh, for the last few weeks since uh, uh, since March. I would imagine. Firstly, how are you, and uh, how has COVID nineteen been uh, for you as uh, Chief Executive of such a big organization working remotely under these circumstances? Um, it's been it's been a, a very very interesting time, Aki. Um, I mean, I've, as you said, I've personally been locked in the study for months. I mean, I've, it's been a very very intense time. Um, but our, our business has traded well, and our people have done really well working from home. There were ten thousand people at home, and I think we managed to keep our service levels and our service to our customers um, kind of on track. So it's been a, a very profound time. It's been a difficult time, but for me personally, it's been a very productive time. I have to say. Yeah. I mean, it's quite interesting. I mean, Discovery is a business, so you, you've kind of been set up to do this. I mean, I'll talk, look, talk to my broker. He comes, everything's sorted out. It's in the cloud. I sign on uh, on a digital format. Um, at what point early in March did you make the call to say everyone is going to be working remotely, and how ready were you to make that change? It's a, it's a great question. I, I remember vividly at a, the South African Executive Committee made the call quite early. I forget the date, but I think it was mid-March as, as the process started. We're sending people home. And uh, as you say, I think the organization is pretty, you know, it's a technology business in a sense. So we were fairly ready to distribute people. There were elements of people that actually, like our banking people, took further time to get out because of certain issues of security, etc., but uh, I think we are very, very ready. And I think throughout the organization, as you say, intermediaries working, getting brokers and intermediaries where they can deal with things not face-to-face but using you know, online tools. So the business has gone largely kind of into the cloud online super, super quickly. Same in the UK. Our entire team uh, was was kind of sent home. So, so uh, And the team has done, I think, the, the emotions and the motivation and the morale of the team has been great even at a distance. So... You know, it's not just technology, it's about collaboration, it's about trust, it's about values, all of that stuff kind of came together because I think it's, in these times, it's not the physicality, I think it's the issue of purpose and trust and values that keep a business running yeah. you know, during a difficult time. I mean, it's interesting to look at some technology companies. They're saying that, the, you know, this is going to be the new normal. This is what it's going to be like from now on. I certainly can't see that with a company like Discovery because, there's, you know, there's such culture and there's such a soul working in that organization, walking through your building. Um, when do you expect to go back? And is this going to be like semi-permanent? I mean, what, what what's it going to be like going forward for a company like Discovery? I, I actually don't think we should declare... It's work from home now, or it's, you know, I think we're heading to a more flexible environment, which is, is I think, better. But, um, but, but, uh, for discovery, I think we will probably, we're looking at it month by month, and as infection rates come down, we'll keep reviewing that. But my sense is before the year end, we'll probably like to be back in the office. Um, I do think that things like Zoom and Teams and this kind of stuff is, is, I think, exciting. It, it provides much more accessibility to people. So I think the future will be about this. But yeah. I don't think things are going to be, at home, I'm, I'm not going to that sustainable. I think, you know, we're working on social capital that we built up in the physical world. You know, it's hard, I think, to do new things to build new businesses from home uh, you know, at a distance. So I, I think we're heading into a better world, into a more flexible world. But we're planning a, a, a gradual, probably a gradual move back to the office uh, probably in a few months' time. Oh, that's great. My best to you. <laughs> 
And by the way, Adrian, congratulations on, on the app that you guys have worked together with the Department of Health, the COVID-19 app. Um, I chatted to your team very briefly in the Department of Health. It's amazing what you guys managed to do in such a short space of time and, you know, have all that kind of regulatory stuff that, you know, your privacy is respected, etc. But it, it's, it's a great app and congratulations to you and your team. No, thank you. I think it's a great public-private kind of uh, partnership, really. You know, we worked with Apple, with Google, and it's a very simple, easy-to-use app. It works well, um, and I hope it really makes a difference. So thanks for that. Now, Adrian, you mentioned earlier that uh, you guys had a lot of the technology in place uh, at Discovery, whether it was with the banking side, with uh, you know the, the health side, the insurance side. Um, has it at all, has COVID at all kind of forced you guys to fast track uh, things that you had in the pipeline, for example, or a quicker move towards the cloud or introducing new technologies that you were planning to do in, say, a year from now? Because I'm hearing from a lot of organizations that they've had to fast track a lot of these things to kind of meet up with the, the, the demand and the customer demands that COVID-19 has brought. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, I think, I think especially areas like working with people in the field, uh, you know, those kind of technologies, they've always been there. We've had a lot of good tech, I think, backing up our intermediaries and our efforts out in the field. And things like telemedicine, where I think the real exciting thing is going to be, has been available, but actually not allowed by regulation. So this COVID-19 kind of accelerated everything into a very short space of time, you know. So we, I think we did have to accelerate a lot of technology. But it's interesting in, in things of in things like healthcare, there was a lot of debate about telemedicine. Doctors aren't allowed to, you know, um, consult unless they've seen a patient first, physically, etc. Those things have been kind of blown away, you know, by COVID nineteen. It's, it's nonsense. It's unnecessary bureaucracy. Telemedicine is here to stay, and companies like ourselves have made uh, doctors completely accessible for consultation via, you know, via these kind of tools. And I think those things have accelerated dramatically. It's, I think it's a tremendous development. In terms of telemedicine, and it's 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 just a great technology. I mean, it certainly is the future. Who, where does the risk lie? Um, I guess from a doctor point of view, of physically examining a patient versus doing it virtually. Um, and yeah, doctors can get it wrong. Um, it must be difficult to diagnose something virtually. Um, but in terms of the risk and all that sort of thing, how does that work when you're doing virtual consultations? Well, the, the, I mean, a doctor consulting virtually today has a lot of tools around, a lot of stuff that we give with our, they have that patient records, they have a lot of all kinds of insight. I think it's the same kind of thing as doing it face to face. I think it's a different style of treating of, 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 uh, of dealing with a patient, but um, but I think that over time doctors are learning how to do it. I think it will never be the same. Yes, I think we'll see that a lot of you know. Anecdotally, I have a few doctor friends who are now working entirely virtually. Obviously, you've got to see patients and do stuff, but the first line is is quite virtual. Yeah. So it, it is a new world, and I think it's a, it's a much better world because I think we'll we'll actually get care out there far mm -hmm. quicker, far easier, far less expensive if we can. Listen, I, I love I love Discovery. I'm a I'm a customer of your insurance policies, your 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 short term insurance, your healthcare insurance. I'm like tied into you guys, and you're very much a, a behavioral organization. You talk about your behavioral bank. What kind of behavioral changes have you seen with your customers during COVID? I mean, for example, I just think the the gym, for example, must have been an interesting behavioral change. And you have people who've put on a few kilos and maybe not as healthy as they used to be. What kind of trends and behavioral changes are you seeing with your customers? 
But that's interesting, so I'm diverting slightly, but you know, our original focus was around behavior change to make people healthier, particularly around, you know, non-communicable diseases, you know, diabetes, those kinds of things. What COVID has shown us is that, is that infectious diseases like COVID are also affected by, you know, high BMI, the very same kind of issues that come from poor lifestyle choices. So to an extent, the model around all aspects of, of healthcare and resilience has been so, so important. And we see from the data, we've done a lot of data about, about BMI, about certain kinds of comorbidities, the, the levels of resilience to these kinds of infections is fundamentally based on behavior choices you make. So if anything, this has really ex- accelerated, I think, the world's understanding of the importance of behavior. I mean, in the case of our, our business, one of the things we really had to do was get vitality to focus in the home. Because, you know, instead of going to the gyms during this time, people were stuck in the home and we really focused on you know, things like, uh, you know, incentivizing things like healthy food, incentivizing all kinds of physical activity in the home. Uh, so we reconstructed vitality in many ways. And I think we did a good job. The amount of physical activity people have done in the home has been tremendous. The one thing we haven't measured, I have to say, which I think it's anecdotally coming out of this, but I think people may be sleeping less easy during this time. It's a difficult time, but I think people are sleeping more. You know, there is more sleep during people being at home, which I think is a very good thing. I, I know myself anecdotally, I am sleeping more being stuck at home. I'm not traveling, I'm not on the road, etc. But we've seen a massive move to in the home to physical activity. Um, but it's going to head back to the gyms. The gyms are now opening slowly and I think it will head back. But I do think, you know, the platforms, Zwift, Peloton, you know, we've seen in the UK, those kinds of things where people are in the home environment, um, getting much more, much more traction. So, Again, there's more out there, I think, post-COVID than there was before. Yeah. No, it's exciting. And it will be so interesting to see when the data comes out. And I look at your your top-tier, super-healthy clients under Discovery Health, um, those who who did contract COVID-19, how quickly they recovered as people who weren't as healthy. I mean, those kind of, uh, you know, case examples are going to be fascinating going into the future. Adrian, how's the bank doing? I mean, the banking industry is undergoing tremendous amount of change. Discovery Bank, one of the... The, the new kids on the block, and you guys are doing such interesting things. I'm hearing exciting stuff from your customers that you've uh, taken on. Um, how is Discovery Bank going, and um, how has COVID-19 changed the parameters within the bank? Well, it's been a, a fascinating evolution of Discovery Bank. We've just really finished the first year of it being out in the market. I, I must say we're very pleased with the evolution. I mean, to, in many ways, launching a bank during a pandemic you know, is, is not exactly the ideal context, but it actually been very good for us, you know, so we've rolled out the bank, we've done this migration of all discovery cards into, from the value of F&B into Discovery Bank, um, and I think that's gone really, really well, but the, 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 the fundamental value proposition of, of a shared value bank around people changing their behavior, managing their money better, and being incentivized and reward, rewarded for it, has seemed to get very good traction, so we've seen the data already coming out, out of, you know, people engaging in vitality money, how they saving on their deposits. Um, I'm very pleased. I think we're getting the message out there that if you manage your money well, your rates of interest are better, your rewards are better. Um, so it's early days. Okay, it's early days, but the, the numbers are good. The behaviors are good. Um, and I think we're getting on top of all the other issues. And in about two weeks' time, we're rolling out, I think, a, a dramatically improved kind of UX journey about how the bank's working. So we're trying to learn rapidly from the first you know, six months of really understanding the data. So I must say, I think we're very excited about the evolution. And... Um, We've been very conservative and careful in this time, and the numbers look really good, so I'm mm-hmm. pleased. 
Where, where do you see your business in five years from now? Um, and, and the banking business in particular, I think that you've kind of got a pretty solid trajectory on the health side, but just overall discovery with banking and insurance and healthcare, where, where do you see yourselves in five years from now? Well, I think, you know, I think if you look at the actual model, behavioral model, I think one thing that's coming out of the post-COVID world is the issue of health, resilience, behavior, and technology. All of these things have kind of molded together. So the shared value financial services category that we've kind of led globally, I, I think, and I see it from our partners like AIA or Ping On or John Hank in the U.S., is really, a, it's becoming a category. I think when we started out, we had a proprietary, it's a kind of a proprietary vitality insurance product. To an extent, mm-hmm. you're seeing a category emerge where most financial institutions are thinking about behavior and how you incentivize behavior change, etc. So the, the actual kind of the, the core model I see just accelerating. Um, I see our business in South Africa in a, in, a, in a, I think it evolves strongly. I think we're very optimistic about the bank's ability to create this kind of composite front end. You know what I mean? In other words, create integrating with us uh, and using us for all of your different issues. Very easy, very rewarding, very simple. And we're heading towards that towards that goal. So in five years' time, I'm not sure where we will be. We've got a 2023 goal of being globally best in our class. Uh, I think in South Africa in five years' time, we'd like to see the bank at considerable scale and all of our other businesses integrating into a composite that people get really good value for managing their money, managing their health, managing their driving. It's all the same thing, Aki. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, make healthy choices, whether it's your money, your driving, your health, and share in the economic value that you've created, you know, and... uh we at the kind of, I feel we've come a long way, but we are really at the, it's embryonic, it's nascent, the model. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, globally as well, I mean, where you have vitality globally, you've kind of seen some interesting trends developing over there. So certainly that behavioral side of the way your business is operating is fascinating. But Adrian, you, you're one of the most optimistic business leaders that I've met. And uh, you, you, you've just got that optimism, whether it be about the economy and you look at when Discovery was first founded. Um, and it was at a point in our country when we were in trouble and we're in trouble again. You remain optimistic, um, but there's no doubt about the fact that the economy is in trouble at the moment. As, as a business leader, when you look at the company globally, and I know you interact with uh, the president and, and, and the government, uh, you know, you're looking at this in an optimistic way. How do you see our country? Are we going to get out of this? Do you believe that uh, we have the will as a country to, to get through this really tough period economically? Well, I think just to just – to qualify, you know, I, I am optimistic about things, but it's not a naive, simplistic optimism. I'm a, I'm a deep believer that you need to seek positive signals, not just negative ones, you know, so that you form a, a comprehensive view. And I think we are coded to look for negative signals only, and there's a, a lot of science about that. So I'm, my belief is that I think an individual needs to focus on seeking the positives, not just the negatives, and then you make better decisions. So it's not a it's not a naive optimism. And um, the other point I, I would put you intellectually is that in difficult times, opportunities are underpriced. You know what I mean? People are distracted. Competitors are distracted. Asset prices are lower. So ironically, although it's difficult and takes courage, it's actually easier to build in more difficult times. You know, so you know, so th- those are two intellectual points, not based on naive optimism. Having said that, I think you've got to be realistic about we, we face very complex, challenging times of things, not just as a country, as a world. You know, the election in the U.S., the mm. you know, just the polarization of East versus West. I mean, it's, it's not a civil time in our in, in the evolution of the world. Um, and I'm realistic about it. I, I remain uh, of the view that somehow we tend to do the right thing after trying all other alternatives, which is the you know the comment about America, but I think it applies to us as well. 
And I think that we've got to be optimistic. And I, I actually have always felt that attitude drives results, not the other way around. You know what I mean? I believe that the country has potential. And I think leaders have to illustrate leadership, positivity, invest, encourage. And the talent is here. We have the ability to do that. So we're in a difficult time. We've got to back the good guys. We've got to back uh, investment and growth. And I think we ought to build. I think we mustn't be distracted. And we'll pull ourselves out of this. Um, and, you know, I see it in our numbers here. No matter how dire people think things are, and I know people are really struggling. We see it. You know, not just in our numbers. Anecdotally, you, you see what people are going through. It's tough, tough, tough out there. Mm-hmm. But at the end of that, people are resilient. And South Africans have an amazing ability to kind of pull together, to you know, do great things. So I, I'm on the side of seeking the positive, seeking bringing people together, you know, seeking you know, to, to try and focus on the way ahead in a positive way. Oh, Adrian, what's encouraging words there. Um, and Adrian, just quickly on COVID-19, I know that as, a, as an organization, you guys have really got your finger on your pulse on developments of vaccines, etc. Is there any, uh, you know, end in sight uh, of bringing this really under control, apart from what we're doing now with social distancing and wearing masks in terms of a vaccine that's been developed? And I imagine, just to add to that particular question, that uh, climate change must be the next big thing that we are worried about as a society once we get through COVID-19. Yeah, yeah, I think those are very good points. Look, I'm no vaccine expert, but I mean, we've seen the infection rates come down and hopefully we don't see a resurgence. If people do stay disciplined about distancing and wearing masks, I'm hoping that, you know, we get to near normality, you know, with the distancing. Having said that, it seems that a vaccine is not far off. I mean, maybe end of, end of the year is too optimistic, but certainly Q1, I would guess, it's going to be available. And I think the one thing, you know, that I think is important is that the world is not safe unless all countries have access to it. You know, so if the rich world keeps it to themselves, they're not safe because people from other countries come in and create the problem. So to an extent, I think the vaccine will be available. I think the acceleration of, of it across the world will be very, very quick. So I'm hoping in Q1, Q2, we'll see, of 2021, we'll see a, a vaccine. Um, that's the hope. You raise a very interesting issue. I mean, I think climate change, this is my view. I know you agree with it. My view is Climate change was an intellectual concept to the average person. I think COVID-19 has made us actually see things happen, you know, mm. things happen, and suddenly the world changes, and suddenly no, there are no planes in the sky, you know, there's a lockdown. So we've kind of experienced that our world can change around us, and I, I think there's going to be a much more collective sense about the danger of climate, you know, and and uh, and the and the, the kind of need for everyone to think about the climate as post-COVID. So I, I do agree with you. I think there's, there's a collective we that's come out of COVID, and I think it's good for, for addressing climate. Fantastic. And a final question, Adrian. Um, it could be on a personal one or a business one. What's been Adrian Gore's aha moment uh, since March? And you've seen things for the first time in many cases in business, as you mentioned. Uh, have you had an aha moment in your personal life, family life, or the business life that you've had? I, I don't have had an aha moment. I think the I mean, I think, ironically, the, the flip side of COVID has been, I've always been close to my family. I love being with my kids and my wife and whatever, but I've worked really hard, but I've been with my family. It's been a wonderful, <laughs> it's been a wonderful, there's been a lot of sacrifices people have had to make, but I hope one of the great things is that you're spending, you know, people are spending more time at home and, you know, I mean, I spend my life like you, I can airports, early morning landing in London, that was like dehumanizing, you know, you kind of felt it's all part of a virtuous need to be a, you know, to get the, and you're seeing you don't need to do it. You don't need to be wasting time on that kind of stuff away from family, friends, you know. I, so that's been the high moment. I've been as productive, if not more, but spending time, you know, in a place I want to be in. 
So, so that's miss, the revelation that... He, and, and sleeping, no. But you don't miss flying at all. You don't even have the, the, the bug that's saying, oh, I'm getting ready, I feel like getting on a plane. I certainly have got that bug, but it, it appears that you're kind of really content where you are at the moment because you're adding yeah. a lot more quality to your life. You know, I spend so much time on long-haul flights, and I'll be there, I can share, and I do enjoy it. I enjoy jumping on the ground with the teens, work. I do enjoy it. But I, I mean, I've, you know, spending, doing 10, 15 long trips a year, you know, or more. Um, I'll be back there, but I don't miss it now. I have just, I'm in the now. And, you know, we'll all be back there for sure. Awesome. Adrian, Adrian Gore, Chief Executive of Discovery Limited, thank you so much for your time and sharing your insights and your personal insights. Wishing you every success going forward. And uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Aki. Thank you. Thank you.